ready to rock today, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1877 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. Check out our free podcasting course so that you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Visit freepodcastcourse.com. Jay, I want to chat with you today because you are our featured guest, and it is Jay Scott. Are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Let's do this. Jay is a serial entrepreneur who gave up a lucrative Silicon Valley tech career so he could spend more time with his family doing stuff that really matters. So Jay, is being a Silicon Valley tech career man not really something that matters? I think there are a lot of people. It's funny when I talk to people who uh, who find out about my background and I go into a little bit more detail. Uh, the first question they ask is, "Why the hell did you leave that?" Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest. Sometimes I, I ask myself the same question. Uh, Silicon Valley is a great place. We, my wife and I, were making a ton of money, um, and everything was perfect. Uh, the problem was we wanted to start a family and my wife was in a corporate job as well. She was traveling three and a half weeks a month. I was traveling three weeks a month and starting a family when uh, two parents are both traveling three quarters of the time just doesn't make sense. You know, Jay, I think that I can help you out here when people ask you that question. There's a simple phrase I like to say, sometimes you have to give up the good, even if it's the really good, to get to the great. And that's what you were looking to do. You know, you had a good life. You had the golden handcuffs. You were making money. Life was good, but you wanted great in your terms and you made it happen. You said it much better than I just did. (laughs) So Jay, what would you say today your area of expertise is? What is that? So you're asking me what my superpower is? What's your superpower? Okay. Um, So I have gotten very good at scaling small businesses in a way that doesn't require me to scale my own time and effort. Uh, Let me put that another way. I'm really good at making more money without spending more time doing it. At least that's what I strive for. Uh, In fact, my philosophy is that if you're doing things right, as your business grows, you should be able to spend less time in that business and be even more successful with that business. Um, What I found is that too many entrepreneurs, too many business owners actually get in their own way. And by spending lots of time and lots of effort and, and, and really trying to be part of every day-to-day detail of that business, all they're doing is slowing themselves down and, and stopping themselves from growing. Sometimes, Fire Nation, you are the clog in that wheel. You're the clog. Now, Jay, what's something that we don't know about your superpower, like basically that we as entrepreneurs really should know, meaning we should learn from what you've accomplished and what you know and what that superpower is that would really just help us as entrepreneurs? Too many entrepreneurs that I talk to think that growing their business and putting their business on autopilot are two completely different things. Uh, they think they spend two, three, five, ten years growing their business, getting uh, their revenue to a point where they want it to be, getting their margins to a point where they want it to be. Um, and then after that, they say, okay, now I've gotten to the point where I can go and I can figure out how to extract myself from the business and how to get this business to run without me. What I found is those shouldn't be two separate things. Uh, A good entrepreneur, a good business person should be able to grow their business while keeping themselves, let's say, on the outside of that business while they're growing it. Um, You probably heard the phrase working on your business, not in it. Yeah. Uh, that's, That's the message that I think a lot more entrepreneurs need to take to heart. So that's a good message. That's something that I want to take to heart as well. But let's get specific for a second. Like what's a tactic or a tool or a tip? Just one just something that you found has really helped a lot of entrepreneurs at least start moving in that direction. 
I don't think I can give just one. Can I give you five? <laughs> Go with five, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so here are basically the five. I I I call them the secrets to to scaling businesses. Um, the first one is segmentation. So you really need to be able to break your business down into its core components and understand what each of those core components is. So to use an example, uh, the first business I started when I left the corporate world is my wife and I started flipping houses. And the first year we flipped three houses. The second year we flipped, I think, 15 houses. And we've been doing 30 to 40 in uh, a year in the, for the last six or seven years. Mm. Um, and so when I really wanted to start extracting myself from that business, taking back my time and, and, and really started working – on the business instead of in it, I looked at the business and I said, how can I segment this business? What are the natural ways to segment this business into pieces uh, that I can then delegate to other people? And it turns out in a flipping business, there are four of them. There's the acquisition, so buying houses. There's the rehabbing of, of houses. Um, there's the disbursement or the selling of houses. And then there's the whole act of, of fundraising and, and being able to finance and buy those houses. So uh, the first thing I did is I, I segmented my business. I said, we have acquisition, we have rehabbing, we have disbursement, and we have raising money. And then everything else I did when it came to scaling the business um, was focused on scaling each of those four segments of the business. So then the second thing I did was I said, okay, now I have four segments of the business. I need to create replication within each area of the business, within each sec uh, segment of the business, I need to replicate as many processes, as many functions, as many methodologies as possible. So for example, um, on the rehabbing part of the business, we use the same materials in every rehab. We use the same vendors on every rehab. We use the same color paint in every one of the houses that, that, that we, we renovate. And this allows us to put the onus on the contractors to, to take our methods and implement them. We don't have to spend five hours on every project thinking about what kitchen sink we want and what color paint we want and what kind of granite we want. We just use the same thing on every one. So that replication allows us to really grow the business efficiently without having to spend a lot of time on day-to-day -day tasks. Third piece, documentation. So once you have this this these replicatable pieces of your business, you need to document them. Um, and this involves creating checklists. This cr involves creating um, employee documents. Um, because the nice thing about documentation is if you're going to have employees, if you're going to have people doing these aspects of the business for you, one, these people need to be interchangeable. If you have only one person that, that can do one part of your business, if that person leaves, that person's a bottleneck. And the time it takes and the effort it takes to get somebody up to speed, you're training them, you're working with them, that can take months. So having all of your processes well documented uh, allows you to, to basically make your, your personnel, your employees interchangeable. Um, and secondly, it, it reduces the training time when you have to bring somebody new into the role. Um, Number four, delegation. So this is the thing that I found most entrepreneurs are really bad at. I know I'm really bad at this because I'm a control freak. Um, but being able to say, hey, here's the stuff that needs to get done. I'm not going to do it myself. Maybe it won't get done as well. Though in, in reality, generally, if you delegate to somebody that's smart, it's going to get done better than if you as the, the business owner or the entrepreneur tries to do everything yourself. But basically trusting your employees and not being scared to hand off tasks. Um, I like to say that uh, a business owner should work in those tasks that um, are the highest dollar per hour 
value to the business. So for example, in the rehabbing business, again, um, the two things that earn the most money are finding houses, because that's really hard to do, that's hard to outsource, and raising money. Um, the more money you can raise, the more houses you can buy, the more houses you can do simultaneously, and the more money you can make. And so what I found is finding houses and raising money, those are the tasks that that generate $500, $1,000 an hour. If I can spend 20 hours to find a house, 20 hours to, uh, to raise money to buy the house, and I make $40,000 on that house, I've just spent 40 hours making $40,000. That's $1,000 an hour. Um, so delegate those those aspects of the business. Or, or to, to the contrary, if I spend my time painting a house, um, I'm taking over the job of a $20 an hour painter. So delegate those tasks that, that don't generate a lot of money. Do yourself the tasks that generate a lot of money and can't easily be delegated. And then the, the fifth thing is prioritization. So what I found is that a lot of entrepreneurs, they prioritize making money over anything else. And what I say is don't prioritize making money over anything else. Prioritize efficiency and growth over anything else and the money will follow. So a good example of this is if a contractor in one of my jobs calls me or calls my project manager and says, hey, I need this $10 part. Should I run to Home Depot and grab it? My answer is no. Call Home Depot, order the part, spend 50 bucks to have it delivered, and while you might be paying 50 extra dollars to have a part delivered, the contractor's not leaving the job, he's not getting distracted, he's not going to make a mistake and buy the wrong piece. Um, so really spending extra money to increase the efficiency of your business is often a good trade-off because in the end, it allows you to scale, it allows you to get more efficient. So just to recap, segmentation, replication, documentation, delegation, prioritization, those are my five keys to uh, to, to increasing um, the scale of your business efficiently. Amazing keys. Just knocked it out of the park, Jay. And Fire Nation, a lot of people ask me, hey, why are some people successful and some people aren't successful? Um, because of what you just heard. What Jay just broke down for you is absolute gold. And people that are unsuccessful don't do those five steps or don't create five steps or three steps or 10 steps that work for them. Jay did. He's successful. If you're not successful right now, Fire Nation, you probably don't have a system like this because this is the key to success. These are the ingredients, the recipe you need to implement in your life. Now, Jay, you're awesome, but you know, you've struggled too. You've had your ups and your downs. Let's talk about what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Take us to that moment, brother. Tell us that story. About three years ago, a friend of mine and I kicked off a tech business. It was a product business, or it is a product business, um, where we invented a product. We uh, basically got uh, parts manufactured in China, shipped to us, assembled it here. Uh, when we came up with the name of the product, it was a little bit close to the uh, to the name of another popular product in the space. And I was a little bit worried. We consulted a trademark attorney and he assured us that yeah, not an issue. Um, it didn't it didn't infringe on the the other company's trademark. Um, my gut told me that he was wrong. Um, but we moved forward. We said, Hey, he's the, he's the attorney. He's good. He knows what he's doing. So we moved forward about two years into developing this product. We got a cease and desist letter from this other company. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you it, it, I mean, my stomach dropped 
We had spent literally six figures on developing this product. We were literally weeks from shipping the product. We had just announced it, and we had to go back to the drawing board. We spent, an, uh, I guess it was about a year, um, retooling the product with, with all the all of our marketing, with all of our branding, um, everything that, that was related to our trademark. And ultimately, it cost us about $150,000 and uh, lost a year in time on this product, which was huge. I mean, anybody in the tech space knows that you, losing a year and a half on a product uh, could make the difference between success and failure. And while we finally did get things back on track, we rebranded, we spent a lot of money, um, the takeaway here was I should have trusted my gut. Um, I trusted an attorney, my, my partner trusted an attorney, and looking back, we, we really should have just trusted our gut. Fire Nation, intuition, your gut. It's been 80,000 years in the making since the dawn of Homo sapiens. Like, let's trust our gut. At least look into it more when that red flag pops up, because I'll tell you, time and time again, it comes out to be a reason that there is that red flag, that there's that intuition, that there's that quote-unquote gut check. Now, Jay, let's just dive into one of the greatest ideas that you've had today, brother. Tell us the story of one of those aha moments that you had you were able to turn into success. Take us there. Tell us that story. So I've had a lot of aha moments. In fact, I try and have one at least every day. <laughs> um, and with two little kids, it's actually not too hard because they challenge me. Um, but the one that comes to mind first is, um, so anybody in the real estate flipping space, I don't want to say anybody, but a lot of people in the real estate flipping space basically know me because back in 2008, when I started my flipping business, I also started a blog where every day I would blog about my adventures in real estate. And back then, I couldn't change a light bulb. I had never purchased a house before. I had no idea what I was doing. So essentially, most of my blog posts were, here's the mistakes I made today. Here are the mistakes I made today. Here are the mistakes I made today. Um, and I wasn't doing it for any reason other than I like writing. Uh, it kept me accountable in my business. I would say, hey, my goal is to flip 10 houses this year um, if I knew people were following me and and asking questions about it, I, I really, I'd, I'd be embarrassed to fail. Um, so after about five years of writing this blog, thousands of blog posts, basically putting out every little financial detail of every house I did, every penny we spent, every penny we made, every penny we lost, uh, I decided, hey, I'm going to write a book. In fact, my wife encouraged me to do it. One day I, I came home and, and I'd been on the phone all day with um, people who were reading my blog. And I said to my wife, I just, I, I don't, I can't scale this time it takes that everybody's asking me questions about flipping houses because this is back when 2013 when flipping houses was getting popular again. Um, everybody just has so much demand on my time and I want to help everybody, but I can't do it. And her response was, you should go write a book. Um, so that way when people ask you questions, instead of having to spend 20 minutes on the phone, you can just say, go read the book. And I thought, this is actually a great idea. So I had, I knew that writing a book wasn't necessarily a lucrative business opportunity. Um, most people that write books don't sell a lot, don't make a lot of money. Um, but I saw the opportunity to basically take back some of my time by doing this. Instead of talking to people on the phone or by email, I could just say, go read this book. Here's everything I know about flipping houses. And so in 2013, I actually wrote two books. I, I started out as one. It got too long, so I broke it up into two. And I released the books, basically expecting that when somebody called me, I would 
point them to the book and I wouldn't have to talk to them. And, and if I made a couple bucks on the side, that would be great. Uh, it turns out that within the first year, we made, my wife and I made, I think, $200,000 in profit wow. on those two books. Um, and we're averaging about a little over 300000 a year still today on those first two books. Um, and so the aha moment there was the giving of value um, often pays off. I spent five years building an audience, getting people to read my blog, um, basically giving value. And I didn't realize that there were so many people that were so appreciative of the value I was giving that when I released these books, literally within the first, I, I guess, six months, we had sold about 20,000 copies. Wow. Um, and we've sold over 110,000 copies of those books to date. Um, self-published. I've written another book recently and people just keep buying them. And I like to think that the books are great, but the feedback <laughs> I the, the feedback I get is one, the books are great. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. But the other piece of feedback I get is you got me started. You provided so much inspiration and information for me to get started in this business. It's the least I could do to give back by buying your books, put out more books because I want to buy more. Um, so the aha moment for me was there's value in giving. Um, and if you give freely without any expectations, without it being a business transaction, eventually it'll come back to you. Um, and so what I found is that blog that I started back in 2008 that I, that I put a lot of time and effort into for many years, um, that's been the key to my success in the real estate business. Um, I've gotten million, millions of dollars in financing um, from people that want to invest with me. I've made millions off the books. Um, I made millions flipping houses by people coming to me and saying, hey, partner with me or let me sell you this deal or whatever. And so just the fact that that back in 2008, when I was getting started, my my thought was, hey, how can I how can I help other people with with what I'm learning? Um, it's all come back to me in spades. Fire Nation, the process is not difficult. Create free, valuable, consistent content. Grow an audience who cares about that content. Then ask them what their problems are, what their struggles are, and create solutions for them in the form of products, services, books, you name it. Make it happen. Now, if you think Jay Scott has been dropping value bombs, well, you're Albert Einstein. You're a genius because you're correct. But guess what? More are coming up in the lightning round when we get back from thanking our sponsors. I know my business is only as successful as the people I hire, which is why I choose to show my appreciation for my employees throughout the year. And when it comes to the holidays, the gift-giving season continues. So if you're looking for the perfect business gift, choose gifts that are simple to give and a joy to get. Choose Omaha Steaks. They even have special holiday pricing on the perfect business gift for Fire Nation. It's an ideal holiday gift for your clients, employees, or partners. The perfect business gift includes four bacon-wrapped tri-tip steaks, four Omaha steak burgers, four gourmet franks, two boneless pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four free caramel apple tartlets, plus you'll get free shipping. And right now, this exclusive holiday gift package is only $59.99. Visit omahasteaks.com, type EOF in the search bar, and choose the perfect business gift. Again, visit omahasteaks.com and enter code EOF in the search bar to send or experience this exclusive gift package for only $59.99 and it ships free. Jay, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? 
so the biggest thing holding me back was I was comfortable. Um, I was working a corporate job. My wife was working a corporate job. We were making a ton of money. We were living the, the, the single lifestyle. And it was really tough to make that decision. Hey, we're going to give up like high six-figure jobs and, and cushy lifestyle in Silicon Valley. Uh, my wife was riding the private jet in the company she was working for, and, and I, was, I was doing well in the company I was working for. So you guys were officially dinks. Dual income, no kids. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and to decide, hey, we're going to give all this up in the hopes or in the dreams that, that one day we'll make more money and live a better life, that was scary. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that held us back from becoming entrepreneurs for, for several years. But eventually we decided for the sake of our family, it was something we had to try and um, no regrets. Jay Scott, what's the best advice you've ever received? Growth comes from discomfort. Um, you get better by doing things outside of your comfort zone and you need to do something every day that scares you. If you're never doing anything that scares you, you're never growing, you're never going to get to the next level. So, What did you do yesterday that scared you? What did I do yesterday that scared me? Um, I only ask the tough questions, Jeff. Come on. I've given, I've given you enough layups already. <laughs> um, yesterday. so um, Or even in the past week. I'll, I'll give no, you a little let, slack here. Let's talk about yesterday. So yesterday I made a decision. So I am going – I'm speaking tonight at um, at a real estate investing group and I they asked me to speak on a certain topic and I decided I'm going to speak on another topic. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm the type of guy you bring in to give you the nuts and bolts tactical information. Um, but I was having some thoughts yesterday of how – People in this business do a lot of things wrong, and, and there's some motivational stuff I can talk about, and it's terrified me to think I can walk into a room full of 150 people and, and try and motivate them because what I'm good at is teaching. Um, well, you're I motivating just, a lot more than 100 people right now, Jay Scott. I can tell you that. And you know, I think that you could have a keynote speech on just those five topics, the segmentation, the replication, the documentation, the delegation, the prioritization. I mean, I'm taking notes over here, brother, and this is my 1879th interview. <laughs> Review, so you keep doing what you do and tell us, Fire Nation, a personal habit that contributes to your success. I attribute my success to my family. Uh, my wife and I are business partners, and we like to think that our kids are, are partners with us in our business as well, all of our businesses. Uh, we don't make any business decisions that we don't make as a family. So um, if I want to do something new, I talk to my wife. If she wants to do something new, she talks to me. We talk to our kids. If it's going to involve taking time away from, from the family or traveling a lot, we want to know what our six and our eight-year-old, what, what their thoughts are on, on, hey, mommy and daddy are going to be traveling more. We're all going to be traveling more. Um, so every business decision we make is as a family. Um, so even though the stuff we do may not be the most efficient or the best use of, of our business time, um, it's always the best decision in terms of our family. And that's really the reason we got into to, to entrepreneurship in the first place was to be able to grow our family and, and have the financial freedom to do what we wanted. Um, but it's not just about financial freedom. It's also about everybody being together and everybody making decisions together. Recommend one internet resource. I love Khan Academy. So there's so much free stuff out there on the internet. Um, I'm a big fan of knowing a little bit about everything, if not a lot about everything. And so I spend a lot of time 
utilizing free resources on re, free resources on the internet, Khan Academy is one of the best out there. So if if anybody is interested in just learning about stuff, um, just go jump on Khan Academy and start watching videos. Give a shout out to a couple of your favorite books that you've personally written, and then give us one that you haven't. I'm not here to, to hype my stuff, but I'll mention I've written three books, uh, the book on flipping houses, um, the book on estimating rehab costs, and the book on negotiating real estate are my three books. Um, but my favorite book out there, again, I'm a fan of scaling businesses. Uh, there's a book that a lot of entrepreneurs haven't heard of, which I, I find really upsetting. I, I think more people <laughs> need to read this book. Uh, it's called The Goal, and the subtitle is um, – Theory of Constraints, and it's by a guy. It's an, an Israeli guy named uh, Eliyahu Goldrat. Goldrat. Okay, so you're familiar with the book. Um, I found too many entrepreneurs aren't familiar with this book. Um, it just had its 30th anniversary, actually. It's been it around. Did. It did. It did. And I try and read it at least once a year. Come on, it's, what? It's all about how you can take how you can remove bottlenecks from your business. Every business has bottlenecks and it's those bottlenecks that make it difficult to scale and to really optimize businesses. And uh, this book, it'll, it'll teach you how to identify those bottlenecks, how to remove them from your business and how to keep them from coming back. Jay, let's end today on fire, brother, with you giving us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say bye-bye. So best way to connect with me, feel free to check out my blog at 123flip.com. And uh, if you're an investor and you're looking to learn how to uh, to basically leave the rat race behind and, uh, and, and gain your own financial independence, I'm getting ready to start a mastermind community um, at theinvestingmastermind.com. I'm guessing that it will be launched by the time this releases. So check us out, 123flip.com or theinvestingmastermind.com. And a quick parting piece of guidance. Quick parting piece of guidance. Go do something today that scares you. Go do it right now. Whatever you've been putting off for the last however long because you've been scared of, of, of whatever's going to happen when you do it, go do it right now. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And hello, you've been hanging out with JS and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Scott, that's S-C-O-T-T in the search bar. And Jay Shona's page is going to pop up with everything that we've been talking about. His books, his recommended resource, his recommended book. Get over there. It's the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. And of course, head directly over to 123flip.com or theinvestingmastermind.com to see what he has going on over there. Jay, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Jay today. And Productivity, discipline, focus, those are my three greatest strengths, and they can be yours too, truly. Simply visit themasteryjournal.com, master all three of those skills in 100 days, plus use the promo code podcast as a thank you for listening to my podcast. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I will catch you on the flip side. If you're looking for the perfect business gift, choose gifts that are simple to give and a joy to get. Choose Omaha Steaks. Right now, their exclusive holiday gift package is only $59.99. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type EOF in the search bar and choose the perfect business gift. Again, this exclusive gift package is only $59.99 and it ships free.